0: spouse and mama live in a non-traditional life in the mainstream society. I travel the world with our children and try to raise eco-conscious citizens. Join me for authentic conversation the Wild Bradbury podcast. I'm Lydia Bradbury. Thank you for tuning in for our 22nd episode. This week, I'm actually recording a little bit earlier than I had intended to because my husband will be flying all weekend and I don't know if I'll get the chance to record with all the kids around. But this weekend, Saturday, so it will be two days ago when I when I air this, Saturday, February 1st is in bulk, which is a pagan holiday, which is celebrating the middle of the dark time of the year. So officially on Saturday, we are halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox when the sun starts the return. So it is a lesser celebrated pagan holiday and it's still made really special So I just kind of wanted to take a few minutes. This is going to be a fairly short one and bring you all into the educational side of religion for our family specifically. Many of you that have been following us for a while know that we used to be very active Baha'is and um, our Baha'i faith and our ability to rejoice in that faith uh, dimmed greatly following the death of our baby. And so there's a um you know this has been the year, right? 2019 was like this ongoing mess of physical and emotional issues. But one thing that happens when you're grieving is uh, God's role in things changes for you. If you are a, a follower of God, if you're a believer in a greater power, Grief will affect your religion one way or another. It'll either make it stronger or it will kill it. And for me, it killed it. Okay. And that's just me being perfectly honest with with all of you. Um, there's a huge negative connotation with paganism because pagans equal Wiccan, which is not the case, two entirely separate entities, but the literal term for pagan is just non-Christian, okay? It's just what they, it's what the Romans referred to everybody else that was not a follower of Constantine at the time when he decided to create Christianity. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I say that my family is pagan and that we are raising pagan children, it has absolutely nothing to do with what I think you should or shouldn't believe or what your views are on religion or what what I personally believe in, or what you can bring to my coffee table. Okay, all of this, I love spirituality conversation as a whole. I love it. I love theology. I love learning about all the different cultures and all the different religions. There have been years when we have celebrated Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and everything else on top of each other. In the name of inclusion, and in the name of exposing our kids, I make blatki every year for Hanukkah. You know, this is something that we do as a "this is important to someone we love" concept, and that's what religion needs to be. There needs to be more conversations that are "I love you regardless," so let's have a conversation about it, because it's very, um, you know, I I am new well formally new to paganism we have been um, celebrating and studying pagan holidays in our home for about two years Uh, as far as solstices go and equinoxes those have been the big ones but the the more my passion for different things has evolved the more pagan we've become and post um, post oak who was our baby Post Oak's death, we, I got to a point where when I removed God from the situation, okay, when I said, if God's not a thing, right, if, if God had nothing to do with this, if I'm not being punished for anything, if this is just a circle of life thing, and my baby wasn't meant to be here, and he's been reintegrated into the circle of life, then that's That's almost okay, right? So the second I removed God from the situation, for me personally, internally, I hadn't even voiced this to my husband yet, but the second I removed God, I felt better. And when you're trying to care for three other living children and run a business and write an article a week for a magazine and travel and pack up your house for a cross-country move, better is good better's really good. Better's a huge improvement from not wanting to get out of bed. So the second I started viewing Oak's death as part of the circle of life, regardless of God, regardless of religion, I started to feel better. I started to grow in grief, I mean truly grow in grief. And every time that grief snuck up on me and You know, I had to just drain all the tears so they could build back up again. I still felt better about the situation as a whole. One thing that is incredibly important for our family, and I can't quite emphasize it enough, is nature and outdoor time. Now, many of you that have been following us on Facebook prior to the blog and YouTube and Instagram and the magazine prior to all of this stuff in the podcast you have witnessed me be a devout nature loving conservationist for years pushing a decade I wish I had discovered those things earlier in my life but I now get to run my home with nature in mind at all times Aside from toilet paper, we are essentially a paperless house. Um, I cloth diaper. I breastfeed extensively. Um, I have home births. I you know like it it just goes on and on. As much as that doesn't necessarily have to do with nature, I am wholeheartedly organic in my um, in the way I pursue all things that happen in this house. We prefer wooden toys. We prefer minimal clothing, we prefer barefoot, we prefer to grow our own vegetables and fruits, we prefer so many of those aspects. And the more I delved into nature worship in one form or another, whether that was just us spending time out in it, or me investing hours and hours and hours into my gardens, or watching my children enjoy the natural world, the more pagan we became. Now, I'm not saying that if you're a devout lover of nature or uh, an avid hiker or whatever that you can't be Christian. That's not it at all. It's just my entire life, I have never felt closer to a higher power than when I'm in nature. Nature has forever been my church and the only church I need. So... It made sense for us to eventually tie nature into our religion and become fully pagan. Now, with that being said, my husband still gets hung up on the prayers and the, and the calling of the circle and, and the spiritual aspect of it. But he is a nature lover. We have to be outside. Like We do not do well inside. We had such a funny moment at the dining room table the other day where I was sitting there in the same position, the windows right here. And I'm looking out there. And my friend came into town for the weekend. She asked me what I was looking at. And I was like, I'm looking at those vines on the back fence. And I'm like, I'm itching. I need to go get dirty and get my hands in the in the dirt and go play in the garden before I can get dolled up to go out tonight. It's such a need. It is as primal as mothering has been for me. I need to be outside and I need to feel the heat of the sun and I need to get my hands dirty. I need it. And even huge pregnant, I mean, I'm, well, I'm now 31, I'll be 32 weeks pregnant. I'm 32 weeks pregnant now. Um, it is vital for me to do some sort of physical activity outside. My children are developing those habits, especially the third one. He seems to need it as much as mom does, and he's the first one to volunteer to help with any kind of yard work. Um, We love to hike. We love to go swim. We absolutely adore state parks and national parks and and national forests and just free-range exploring in the woods. We eat it up. We can't get enough of it. So when I say that all of us are spiritually better in nature, the one religion that comes to my mind is paganism. So when, after we lost Oak, my husband, I finally had this conversation with him once we had moved or gotten to California. I don't know if we were settled yet or not. Um, but we went to our first Baha'i Study circle, we'll call it a meetup, meetup, church thing here. And we were so excited to come back to California for many, many reasons. But the Baha'i community is one of them. Aside from, well, no, this is the biggest. San Diego has the largest Baha'i community here in the U.S. And we could not wait to be surrounded by other Baha'i families because being from, well, not from, but coming from, rural North Carolina, it was a very big deal um, for us. There was only a handful of Baha'is and only two other children. So it makes it hard to raise a child in a new faith that you don't have any experience being a child in yourself. Um, I was raised Catholic. My husband was raised Catholic. Now I'm certain that my mother would have talked to me about God more had I brought it up, but that's what Sunday school is for, right? So you didn't have to have those conversations with your kid. So um, to, in the Baha'i faith, the spiritual education of the children falls solely on the mother. And so it's very, the, the lines of communication are constant about religion and faith. So having a community to bounce ideas off of and learn different traditions and practice more ritual sides of it was crucial. So we were so excited to be back here. We went to a couple of the Baha'i meetups and I just couldn't get there. I just couldn't emotionally get there. I got more and more annoyed every time I went because if all these prophets are real, if all, which I do believe that all the prophets existed. That they all came and served their purpose. I totally believe all that, but I'm not a prophet worshiper by nature. I'm not. I feel nothing worshiping a prophet. And I had already mentally removed God and prophets from this particular internal turmoil that was losing my baby. Okay. So I had already said, I have to treat this as a circle of life. Random act that happens to every living mammal on the planet. You know, no mother lioness goes into having three cubs thinking that any of them are going to survive. And somehow, as humans with modern medicine, we have tricked ourselves into feeling guaranteed a baby. You're not guaranteed a healthy child you're not guaranteed a child. So I think it's very, um, everything about childbirth is, is primal. Everything about conception, carrying, nursing, delivering, everything about that sequence is inherently mammalistic. It is so primal. Nothing about that is taught and you can research your way to success all you want, but in the end, Shit happens. In the end, you're not guaranteed any of those things are going to work out. And if you were, uh, you know, a Neanderthal, if you were a platypus for that matter, if you were whatever type of animal, other animal you can think of that has live births, platypus lays eggs up, back up. Anyway, if you were a mammal, you would not, uh, you know, if you if you couldn't nurse, that baby would die. If you, if you couldn't carry t T-shaped uterus or whatever, that baby would die and you would move on. As much as I believe that animals mourn the loss of their children, they do not, their, their goal is to create a genetic legacy. So they move on to get pregnant again more quickly, which was initially the hardest part about all this. I, you know, I lost a baby at 18 weeks, um, through a full placental abruption and I went in four weeks later to have you know my postpartum checkup and my pap smear and all this stuff done and she was like well my, my OB at the time um, she said well um, you know I'm not sure what your mental state is at the moment and I'm not sure that you guys have had the conversation about trying again and I'm not you know I just don't know but uh, just like all, just like all good mammals, your body's now ovulating four weeks after loss, which happens in nature regularly. You lose a baby, you start ovulating, your baby stops nursing, you start ovulating. You, It's life. And as hard as it is, and as hard as it still is, and his first birthday is approaching and all the the dark cloud feelings that come along with that. It was made 10,000 times worse by thinking that I somehow did something for God or karma or whoever to smite me. So the minute I removed him, her, it, they from the equation, I started to actually heal which a good thing I did because I was pregnant 10 weeks later. So, you know, it's nature has a funny way of bringing everything back around for you. And if you were to go sit in it a while and treat it like a temple, you would see these beautiful circles, circles everywhere, how things continue to come back around and how one thing dies, but that body feeds this and, and it just keeps going. And that is the most magical thing on this planet. Now, I will say that in bulk, which ha- just happened on Saturday, February 1st, is was one of those when I started delving more into the pagan faith. It was, it was one that I didn't know hardly anything about. I essentially knew nothing about it. I love me a February holiday. Because it helps break up the dark time of the year. And planning for holidays helps get you through those darker, cloudier, cooler months of January, February, March. But I didn't know anything about it. I really didn't. And the more research I started doing, the more I started to love it. And so this in bulk, though I originally had huge plans for my husband (laughs) – because I needed him to build me some raised flower beds and he's now out of town. So he gets out of that temporarily, but in bulk is about first planting. It's about planting those seeds that you get to reap the benefits of later in the year. And it ties in my devout love of gardening into a holiday. I'm not sure it gets better than that. I mean, Yule's pretty cool, but I love me some in bulk. So this Saturday, the kids and I um, started little planter seeds. Little seeds, little, good grief, I can't speak. They We started little, um, you know, well, seeds, we started seeds. We planted seeds and we planted numerous types. Um, I have some that go specifically in my garden tower, which is my hydro tower that you guys have probably seen pictures of at some point or another. Uh, we're also going to. We started seeds for these flower boxes, herb boxes. That my husband's going to build, and we started seeds that are going in the ground, and it is a fabulous way to include them. In one, a passion that I love. Two, in growing their own food. Three, in outdoor play and sunshine time. Right. I mean, all this is taking place outside, which is where our family would rather be. So it's very, it's been very special. And those little flowers and little seeds, we've planted extra to make gifts for our neighbors and friends for Valentine's Day. So the ones that we know will germinate quickly and sprout within the next 14 days, we get to give to people and share that love and share the hard work of our labors and it's almost as sweet as if I was sharing food right off you know sharing tomatoes right off the vine with my neighbors as well it can be as special as you want to make it and for us it's a it's a religious thing it's a nature it's an appreciation for nature and an, an appreciation for the sun um, sort of existence but there's absolutely nothing preventing the public and any parents that want to just partake in more uh, more acts of equality. You know, just teach your children more about the about the diversity of people, about the diversity of their neighbors. Um, for that aspect, I mean, from that point of view, about the diversity of the military and the Marine Corps, it's not often that <laughs> that I live on a street and. Um, and I find other families that are not Christians, per se. So, that was a real treat when we first moved here. But for the most part, the military is heavily conservative and mostly Christian-based religions. So, if you are, um, if you are a parent that just wants kind people, right? Your goal is just to raise kind humans that are accepting of others. Start with religion. Because there's so much to be learned, and each culture and each religion has beautiful traditions that are affordable, free, and super easy to carry out at home with very little research. Chances are, if you ask on community pages, you'll be able to find someone that's willing to invite your family to one of their ceremonies, or what what have you. Um, Dinners, banquets, we had family invite us over for Kwanzaa one year, just so we could say, this is... You know, our kids can openly ask you questions without you being insulted because we are here to learn. We just want to be inclusive. So please go out there, spend whatever time you have in the next couple of weeks looking up random holidays. If you are an open-minded individual and you want to, to raise diverse children and you can't afford to jump on an airplane and do it that way and travel hard that way right now, you can travel to many different countries from your kitchen table. So go out there and give your chi- your children a spiritual education. It's not going to take anything away from whichever one you identify with, but it's very important for raising kids that are aware of what's going on and, and one with the other people in the world. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.